Thank you so much. Um, so for those of you who are new to Write Girl, I see a lot of familiar faces, but for those of you who aren't familiar with Write Girl, we're a creative writing organization for teen girls here in LA. And we match professional women writers with teen girls, and we help them express themselves and tell stories and find their voices through creative writing. And we also help them get to college. We actually have, believe it or not, a 100% success rate in getting our teen girls to college. And that's a 15-year uh, statistic. So I think that actually kind of deserves a round of applause. <laughs> And I would actually like to introduce uh, the Right Girl staff that we have here today. Um, sitting in the back there is Karen Taylor, our founder and executive director. <laughs> Just wave. <laughs> uh, we also have Jen, Genevieve Scott. Um, who is our development associate, and I'm Katie, the communications manager, and we also have uh, Jamie Copeland, who is hanging around here somewhere. She's an event assistant. There she is. Hi, Jamie. Um, and so thank you all for coming. Thank you all for the, um, all you volunteers who came to support the girls, and thank you all you girls who have prepared some amazing pieces to read today. Um, just a, a few things. Um, like CJ said, we have our books for sale here, written by our girls and our mentors. It's all on the theme of Los Angeles, and it's really inspiring, and it brings us to tears every time we cry in the record. <laughs> like every time we read it in the record office, we just start crying because the, the pieces are so inspiring and so great. Um, so I would actually like to introduce um, Jen Scott, who's going to introduce our first group of girls. So Jen, you can take it away. Hi, everyone. Um, I guess I should adjust this mic, although I'm not sure we totally need it. Um, I am delighted to introduce our first round of girls, our brave girls who will be reading first um, this afternoon, this evening. Um, I know that they've worked hard preparing pieces, um, some on the theme of you know what they could change, um, some on uh, different themes, so we'll get, we'll get a nice uh, variety. And our first reader who bravely offered um, to kick things off is uh, Vivian Enriquez. She is 17 years old, and a fun fact about her is that she is a poet. She loves to write poetry. So, Vivian. Um, another fun fact about me is that I've been spending my summer interning at the Right Girl offices, and it's really, it's really cool because um, everyone is so efficient, but they also like create an atmosphere of casualty, so. A casual atmosphere, sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, so I'm gonna start reading my essay. It's, it's title is Seeking Validation. Um, so I'm gonna start. Um, I have always sought out validation from others through my accomplishments. This drove me to seek out opportunities throughout high school from organizing an effective charity drive to holding the position of tennis varsity captain for the past two years. In late December, I applied for a program that offered informative sessions ranging from standardized test preparation to tips on how to behave at a professional job site. Even better, the, pro the program offered a paid internship. I hastily applied to the program, which I was accepted to, and began in February. A week into the program, I was informed that each intern would be given an interview at an array of job sites based in LA, such as law firms and nonprofit companies. I became uneasy about the program, but I did not let myself capitulate to my social insecurities. Through this experience, I understood that effort is, un effort is unrecorded unless, unless I validate myself. Self-validation branches off to self-love and value, and it is about time we all validate ourselves, not only for our successes, but for our attempts too. Jewish Big Brothers Big Sisters was the name of my first site. 
Time was on my side and I arrived approximately 15 minutes early. I remember the lobby floor was extremely polished and I was greeted by a tall white woman with blue eyes. I was already intimidated. We walked to her office and the interview began. I will never forget the first statement she made to me about the interview. Don't feel pressured. An interview is just a conversation. We're just going to talk to get to know each other. Are you comfortable? I had rehearsed at school and at home for this interview. After I nodded, she talked about her career as a social worker and her daughter, who was my age and had cystic fibrosis. I talked about my school, my hometown, and my qualities that I possess that I, think would, that I thought would benefit the office. We began to genuinely connect into our conversation. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Vivian. That was terrific. And our next reader is uh, Valerie Chavez. Valerie is 16, and about, her, about herself she tells us, I'm not much of an avid reader, but my reading level is above average. I'm sure it is way above average. Um, so now, introducing Valerie. Um, this piece is called Last Night, Good Night. If we were to dream in a nostalgic dream, will it be tied with your loving words? Even back then, you held my hand through passing times, even at times when I was cruel. There isn't enough words to say thank you, so I will write these words to you and wait for the last night, the good night. Waiting for the day where the world seems to be so small for you and me, but good night for now. Memories linked to the summer when we met face to face. Even today, your smile is still so bright. And I thought to myself, if every day were like this, maybe I found myself my God-given miracle. When times get rough, I still only think of you. And I reach towards the day that will be our last night, our good night. Good night. Until the day we reunite where we won't have to sit goodbye. And on that day, I promise to stay by your side until the end. I promise to smile just for you, and in return, smile for me. Good night for now. Thank you, Valerie. Our next reader is Sam Campbell. Sam is 15. And uh, she tells us that sometimes I wish I lived in a fictional universe, which is something I also relate to. Um, so Sam, take it away. This piece is called First Grade. One particular Friday afternoon in first grade will probably stick to my mind forever. Another girl brought in Sweeping Beauty for show and tell which to most kids would probably be a pretty boring item in the day and age of three-year-old iPad addicts, but to a six-year-old reader this sparked an idea. I would bring a book next week. However, I wouldn't bring in just any book, I thought. I would write a book. Then the idea came to me. I would write a book about my dog, Cher. Cher would have superpowers and it would be called The Adventures of Superdog. Soon I had the story down on paper, but had yet to come up with the ending. Minutes later, though, the idea came to me in the form of some very minuscule plagiarism. For on the TV screen was the show Popeye, where a little girl was punching a bully into the sky after eating a can of spinach. A perfect ending that couldn't be more unrelated to my story.
Thank you, Sam. And I know it's a little harder for some people to back to here, and we do have plenty of seats up front if anyone would like to take this moment to move. Any takers? Okay, maybe between reading groups. Um, our next reader is uh, Sharman Shinora. She's 18, and she says she loves reading books about how societies rise and fall. So that's pretty interesting stuff. Here we go. So this is an excerpt from an essay about things I'd like to change. Um, the title is, it's about time that we redefine what it means to be a woman. It's, it's quite a cliche um, topic sentence, I suppose, but um, I guess the essay will make it a bit more unique. What is your name, ma'am? Charmaine Shinor. What is your mother's name? Aisha Katun. Your father's? Kayim Abdul. Hmm. I had been stressing each of my parents' surname, nervously taking gulps of breath in between. My stomach billowed in and out, hoping to maximize the amount of air I could breathe. But I was still choking, choking on the fear that I would never see my parents again, that this was the end of my filial bond. At that moment, I could have diagnosed myself as a chronic stutterer, because not a single word came out of me in one piece. Granted, I was only five at the time. Are they your parents? The custom agent asked. Yes, yes, they are, I stammered. As the agent looked at me straight in the eye, he suddenly began to laugh. How odd. You all have different surnames. Sorry, little one. I didn't mean to scare you. You're free to go. I sighed in relief, but this was not the first time this happened. When I got lost in the mall, people were uninclined to let me go with a woman who claimed to be my mother but had a different surname. I couldn't travel across the U.S.-Canadian border without having the guard take a good look at me. It irked me that people would always question the validity of my name, especially because I thought it was normal to have a last name different than one's parents, or at least that's what my father said. When naming me, my dad wanted to ensure that I would carry my own identity. As an early feminist, he believed that all women should be independent and liberated from the shackles of patriarchy, and to him, this process began by giving his daughter a, a name remotely different than his. Thankfully, my father made sure to tell me this every single time I cried over my aberration. He would always end his pep talks by saying, you are now free, so use your freedom to do something good, something different. So that's... The next are <laughs> yeah, Thank you, Sherman. That was great. Um, our next reader is Rachel Alarcio. Rachel is 15, and she says she loves to write and uh, write to instrumental Celtic and Irish music. So let's see what that inspired, Rachel. My first poem is entitled, Time Immaterial. Time Immaterial, through this photographer's lens, set out on a quest, specific, intending, but pause. Take a breath and look beyond the perfume of roses, the glint of sun, the whimsical, boastful, beguiling sculptures of nature who have have the masses at their every beck and call. Look, look, at, look down this path to where we used to stand just moments ago. Please take a peek at these hidden gems. Beauty doesn't have, doesn't have to be you or me. It just has to make you 
want to stay. My second piece is entitled Closing Up Shop. Crickets chirp midday as you flutter place to place into midnight and daylight. The methodic trickle of the water fountain at the center of the square. The whispers of young children and the silver twinkle ringing, lingering in the air. You push your wisps of loosely tied cascading hair from your bro. Tis time. I'm sorry, but now I am at an impasse. You are my crossroads. Up a little bit. <laughs> So today's reading is also in partnership with um, the TEDx um, Pasadena Women um, Organization. They're, be, they're going to be holding a conference October 29th. And so we are partnering with them um, because uh, they're giving us a chance for um, our girls to um, attend the event in October. So our girls are submitting essays for the opportunity to attend. So some of the essays that you're hearing today are part of that application for them to be attending. And do we have anyone here from the TEDx Pasadena Women? Oh, great. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much. And um, so I'd like to introduce uh, Jen, who's going to be um, talking about our writing exercise. So we've got another uh, group of girls um, excited to read. But before that, there's going to be a brief intermission where um, we'd like for you to share some of your ideas and thoughts as well. Um, so one thing that we like to do often um, with our girls, whether it's in a group workshop setting or mentors working one-to-one -one, uh, with their mentees, is uh, writing prompts, writing exercises. So having you know, both women and girls um, do little bursts of writing uh, in response to a, a prompt. And today's prompt is right here on the wall. So I'll read it out loud, but then you can always take a look. Um, describe a moment in your life when time slowed or even seemed to stand still. Give us the colors, sense, or sounds of that moment. So we are sending around um, some post-its, and we'll give you a couple of minutes. Um, and we've got pens as well. To, to, to do what this prompt asks, so to describe this moment in your life. And um, we'll collect those in a couple of minutes, maybe uh, four minutes, we'll say. Um, so just write as much as you can, and this is what we always encourage the girls to do, just write as much as you can. Don't worry about grammar or spelling or punctuation. Just sort of open the tap and, and, and let it flow out, whatever comes to mind. Okay, so now we've got our round two, um, our next set of girls, kicking off with uh, Myra Blass. Myra is uh, 17, and her fun fact is that she was born in Mexico, but she only met her family last year. Myra. Uh, so my poem was inspired um, about a poem we read yesterday at the Click um, workshop. Um, and I love the use of personification the author puts into her poem about nature and flowers. And they dance swiftly in the sun, bodies bending, minds dreaming, not a care in the world, a world far from ours, a world only they can see. They become one with the wind as they follow it, mimicking its every movement. They become one with the soil, their dance 
leaving intricate trails in it. They become one with the sky, the sun and the clouds, facing the immensity of their stage, their audience, completely unafraid. What is this world in which they dance, so serene, so lovely? What is this world in which everything blends together, no beginning, no end? I try and try and try to tap into their world, to look into their souls, to dance in silence like they do. But trying is not enough. We will always pick, 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 clap before their dance is over, always cutting their performance too short, ungrateful for the effort it has taken them to grow. Thank you. Thank you, Myra. And our next reader is Savannah House. Savannah is 14, and her fun fact is that she was born in Indiana. Okay, so this is my essay for TEDx, so it's untitled. Fake blood still lines the walls and small dots on white paper that covered up the gray-blue bulletin board just a shade lighter than the walls. The white paper has been scribbled on and stickers have been pinned on with their sticky backs. All words of encouragement still plastered on from the beginning of the year. The fake blood, a reminiscent from our haunted house, it piles on top of itself where layer after layer of squirted blood from ketchup bottles were used to decorate fake arms as they bled into a pile on the floor so wet you could see it yourself in its reflection. Fifteen brains and hundreds of ideas. Most people would take one look at it and guess months went into planning that haunted house. Every room had a purpose, but it didn't take months or even a month. It took half a month of brains. A week before the event, six clear plastic bins and seven or eight black trash bags full of decorations filled all the classroom tables. Fake arms, fake blood, fake legs and hands, fingers and thumbs, trash bags full of just cobwebs, bins full of insects, large and small, 15 brains and all ideas coming to play. The, the whiteboard was used to make a floor plan of huge pieces and paper were used to create roles for everyone. Who can be a tour guide? Who can be a scarer? Everyone was bubbling over with ideas and they all fit together. An hour is past, and now it seems we need to plan so much more. The nerves have hit. The day before the haunted house. Emergency meeting. Call out your name and your role. What time are we meeting tomorrow at the beginning of sixth period? How much time do we have to put the haunted house together? An hour and a half. Where are we meeting? Room 204. Fifteen minutes have passed, and we are left with the rush of adrenaline and the pain of limited time. 8, 10 a.m. The bell has rung the morning of the haunted house. Six more hours and we can start. Stomachs turn and smiles are glued to faces. We get to skip sixth period. We smiled secretly to one another, all waiting for classes to start. 12.55 p.m. Lunchtime. Just one more hour until we can start. One more period to sit through, one more clock ticking, and then we can start. Two o'clock. Just a few more minutes until the principal announces that we're excused from class. Just wait a few more minutes. 2.20 p.m. If you're a member of the SLC team, please report to your meeting spot. It's time. We can start. Go to room 204 and grab the food and a few markers and paper. Go to the office and start popping popcorn, pouring it into bowls. Put the soda on the cart and start taking it over to the cafe. Help blow up balloons for while we wait for time to pass, quickly make signs so the other students know where to exit, out of the second floor hall and not into the cafe, 3.20 p.m. 
School has been let out and the students are patiently following the signs out of the upstairs hallway and into the PE room. By 3.30, everyone besides the SL team team and a few recruited volunteers are downstairs waiting. Get out the decorations. Label every room. Sticky notes dangle from each door. Lock in room, not decorated. Out, hideout place. Safety exits, one hour till showtime. We all giggle. Markers started to roll on the floor and people chased after them. Hushed voices were heard in secret halls. Everywhere was a hiding place. 3.45 p.m. Posters were already hung on walls. Red ink spilled them spilled down them and black ink perfectly shaped to make words. Orange ink made jack-o'-lanterns and yellow or outlined them. Cob lines, cobweb, cobwebs hung on three blackout windows. It was slowly getting darker and darker as it did. Everyone seemed to get louder and louder while the clock seemed to grow silent. Four o'clock. A half, half an hour till showtime. A key word within the voices that spoke. Showtime. My time and our show. Showtime. Cobwebs filled all the walls and just a few windows stood not blacked out. The blackout curtains blocked the light inside the main part of the haunted house, made the light blue walls seem black and the, lot, the lights just a few watts brighter. If you stopped in your tracks, nothing else did. Scarers were in costume and decorators were laughing and moving, talking while the assembly line went up the wall. One person held tape, the other a cobweb. Fake limbs lay on the wall, lay on the floor while flake blood surrounded them. Students were piling into the cafe without their uniforms, but costume after costume. From the second floor, I could see only the top of their head and faint specks of makeup. 4.20. When it's all done, tour guides do a walkthrough and learn the secret and subtle tricks to setting the decorations off and giving the scares hints for when to jump out at the right moment. People, hid, people hide out in the bathroom, others within a room with all closed do doors. Everyone huddle in. Take a deep breath. Tour guides head downstairs to collect the first group of people. 4.30. Three groups were ready. The first were group went up through the back stairway in darkened halls, through blackout curtains and into the lock-in room. The doors are closed for 30 seconds and the music is loud. Scares walk around you. You walk out the other way through an even darker hallway. The tour guide claps twice and lights go off a few times. Hit the bathroom wall once and someone else jumps out through another hallway and back down, to, down the stairs and into the cafe. Over and over again, in and out of the haunted house, an hour and a half passes. Six o'clock. Time is up. The haunted house is over. We all collapse on the floor, laughing with pizza in one hand. Time seemed to stop, but life did not. The only thing that filled the empty space was laughter. No one looked at the clock. We had all the time in the world. Thank you, Savannah. Our next reader is Julia Sorcini. Julia is 15, and did you know her favorite color is dark green? Hello. Um, I will be reading an entitled poem of mine, so here it goes. My serenade oozes out, and my love lightly drips onto the floorboards. Slowly but surely, it makes its way to the soil hiding underneath the wooden surface. Not a flower, but a wheat sprouts as the days come and go. Every night, I return to the spot where the weed lay beneath my shoes, the wood eroding and my serenade faint. 
enticed by the tint in the sky as it fades into orange warmth. Awake for long hours with even longer lasting minutes. The weed grazes against my leg and I now know it is the end. The sun oozes out its loving hand to touch my face and I lightly drip onto the floorboards. Slowly but surely, I make my way to the depths hiding underneath the soil. Not a weed but my serenade sprouts as the days come and go. Every morning, the weeds return to the spot where the Oh no, sorry. Where the serenade lay beneath its roots, the soil crumbling and the sun fuzzy, enticed by the shade in the ground as it fades into dark shivers, asleep for short hours with even shorter lasting minutes. My serenade grazes against the weeds, and I now know it is the end. Thank you. Thank you, Julia. Our next reader is Courtney Hayforth. Courtney is 16. And her favorite color is purple. Hello. Um, my, uh, what I'm reading today is an excerpt from my essay called um, Obligations Are Overrated. Um, when I stopped worrying about that story so much and focused on what I wanted to write, I felt relieved when there wasn't anyone I was trying to please. Not my parents, not my coach, not my friends. All I had to worry about was myself and how I felt about what I was putting down on the page. And this is a lesson I will continue to apply to other areas of my life. I am not a passive person by any means, but there are some situations where I felt as if I could not say no to someone because I thought I owed it to the person who asked it of me. If I don't like it, I'm not going to do it, and it should be as simple as that. I wouldn't say I completely follow my own advice, but I'm getting better at doing things for myself. Everyone is restricted by time, and I should use what little time I'm given to bend to the will of my heart and my own mind, my dreams and my desires. My life will never be my own if it is devoted to the whims of outsiders. Thank you. Thanks, Courtney. Our next reader is Daria Upadia. Uh, she's 17. And she loves to read mysteries. Sarah. Um, I have an expert of an essay about regret. So a couple weeks ago, I failed my first behind-the-wheel driving test, and it sucked a lot. I hate failing things. Not to say I haven't failed before, but it feels horrible, horrific. And I kept on thinking back to that one, one mistake that I made. It was an automatic fail, so it made it you know, all that worse. One thing that I could have done better. And that regret sort of opened up a whole Pandora's box of little regrets and mistakes that I had made before. And I just kept on thinking, why couldn't I just, you know, learn? And why couldn't I just go on from these mistakes and make them better? And when I really thought about it, I realized, you know, I, I, you know, I have to stop feeling this way. But the problem was I couldn't. And that's okay. It's okay to feel that way, that self-deprecating feeling. It's okay. Um, it happens, and it won't go away for a little while, and that's totally okay as long as you can get over it. Regret is like a huge swimming pool or an ocean with thrashing waves, and if you get pulled in and drowned, that's the worst thing that can happen to you. However, you can still tread water, you can still swim and keep yourself afloat. And once you can find that way, that balance to tread water and lift yourself out, 
then you found peace. And you can move past that regret and look to the future and try and not make that mistake anymore. Thank you. Hi, I'm Karen Taylor. I'm executive director and founder of Right Girl. It's been 15 years. Yay. <laughs> um, I was sitting in the audience today. I wasn't going to come up here, but we have this tradition at Right Girl Workshops. It's called Soapbox. Right. I see some faces that you know what it is. So it's an opportunity for girls to come up on the mic for 30 seconds and rant or rave about anything. So we don't normally do it in public, but you know it's Sunday, and the next time we're going to do it is like October, right? So why shouldn't we have just like a little mini soapbox? So who would like to do soapbox? Come on, come on, let's go. Line up right here. 30 seconds. Somebody got a timer? Anyone? Timer? You got a timer? Time them. 30 seconds. That's all they get. You got the pressure of 30 seconds to say what you need. I've got two. We need one more. Okay, Vivian. Rant or rave about anything, keep it clean. Okay, go. <laughs> All right, so it's the summer break, right? And we could do whatever we want. We could go do anything in the world. We could go to theme parks, the park, anywhere. But guess what? We do nothing. We sit at home all day, bored, because your parents are work, or we're just really lazy, or we can't drive. Because who wants to drive in the city where there's traffic everywhere and 95% of the people cannot drive properly. You have no idea how many times we've been on the road and a car has almost crashed into us. Not one, not two, infinity, all the time. Okay, so it's summer, right? So I like to do nothing during summer and nothing includes reading. So there's there's like a million books on my list, and I've read a lot of them. Like, I'm talking a lot of them. So we were just sitting over here, and Courtney and I were looking at all the books, and I was pointing out all the ones that I've read. And the horrible thing about it is, it actually ended. So you read it, and then it just ends. And I was like, oh my god, this is not, this is not real. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to take AP English Literature as a senior, and um, I'm really excited, but we have, to, we have summer homework, and it's like a big fat book that I barely started reading yesterday, and I go back to school in two weeks, so I have to read 25 chapters in these two weeks, and... But yeah, I'm I'm a procrastinator, but not well, I have good reasons, you know, like I, I'm busy and I'm ambitious and, and I do stuff in summer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's a little taste of soapbox. We do it all year long, every month at the workshops, and it's a really fun opportunity to we hear all kinds of things like you heard today. So um, you know, the core of Right Girl is about writing, but it's really about self-expression, finding your ideas and your voice, and it's been my pleasure to be working to empower young women's voices. Um, delighted that we have a nominated woman in a top leadership position in America, regardless of your political position. That's a very exciting historic moment for us, and um, it still continues to amaze me that we need more women leaders there's just not enough of them around. So hopefully Right Girl will be seeding the world with a lot of leaders in a lot of different capacities. So go Right Girl. So thanks for coming. All right, so not everyone was quite prepared to come up for Soapbox, but um, 
you may hear a bit of your writing now. Um, I wanted to share some of the writing exercises from earlier because there's just some really terrific work here. I wish I could uh, read them all, but um, I've just picked a few. This is the first one. I was falling. The ground was coming up faster and faster, but there was nothing I could do. I had decided on this. The cord pulled tight as I was only a few feet from the ground, and I could feel the air being knocked out of me. I thought I would never stop falling, yet there I was, being catapulted right back to where I'd come from. It was as if I could see all the birds flying in slow motion. I had never felt less in control and more at ease seeing the world slow around me. And here's another one. I was watching the blue ocean high up on a bluff. The sky seemed to blur at the horizon. It was, as if, it was as if the ocean just blended into the sky and the world ended there. We have lines, hard lines, around us all the time. I'm drawn to the blurry places where the lines are not so clear. And this is a third one. My college graduation day. This one has the title, My College Graduation Day 2014. Green landscapes everywhere I turn, clashing with the color of blue from every person on the football field, wearing their shiny blue caps and gowns. The smell of Mexican food is hitting the air as the hours pass and the man continues to cook, hoping the smells will invite those celebrating afterwards. The sounds of thunderous applause are, are everywhere as loved ones clap for the graduates and friends who've completed this school who've all made it this far to this day, graduation day, feet, pain, yet excited to be here, the heels always heavier. And because you haven't written quite enough today, um, before we end this evening, um, we're just going to do another little writing exercise, and Jamie's going to start to hand out index cards again, because you haven't seen enough of those, because uh, we're going to do something that we call threads. It's something we like to end all our Right Girl workshops with, um, and uh, what we want is just for you to take a moment to reflect on... Um, something you learned from today's readings or just from being together today or something that moved you or something that it made you think about. Um, just scribble it down and uh, when, you've, when you've done it, when you've completed this little exercise, um, we ask you to, to swap cards with someone near you and um, perhaps read a couple out loud to see what, what happened today, what, 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 what difference it made. So once you've finished writing your thread card, we're going to start passing them to a nearby person behind, uh, around you or behind you or in front of you or just swap them. As long as you just don't have yours in your hand. And take a look at it. Anyone have a particularly interesting one you could read to us about today? You got one? Oh, we had a new soapbox person. Yay, that's great. Congratulations. <laughs> Anyone else have a good uh, threads card they'd like to read? Yeah? I like hearing Vivian's soapbox because I can completely read. Well, that's, a great, that's great that you got that, Vivian. <laughs> Anyone else have a great threads card from today? Savannah. Um, I was very Great. All right. And with that, can we give like another round of applause for all these amazing girls who read their pieces today? Congratulations, girls.
and we're gonna collect the threads cards. Okay, and while we're collecting the threads cards, um, I just wanted to let everyone know we're starting our 16th season at Right Girl, and a couple of things. We are recruiting volunteers, so any of you who um, are new to Right Girl, um, don't know anything about us, um, come see us. We'll be glad to talk to you about the volunteer opportunities. Um, we're recruiting um, women writers, but also women professionals. You don't necessarily have to be a writer. We've got some other opportunities for you to volunteer and help out as well. Um, also, we're about to launch a big season, and we could use any donations that we could possibly get. So we've got some donation cards at the front table. If you um, are able to donate, that would be amazing. We've got a lot of people to, a lot of mentees to recruit, a lot of volunteers to recruit, a lot of paper to buy, a lot of pens to buy, journals, all that stuff. So um, we could certainly use um, any donations that uh, you could give. And um, also, any other way to support us, um, you can go to our website, recgirl.org, make a donation there. Um, and also, uh, tweet about us, Facebook, Instagram. You're welcome to post any of those photos that you took today of the readers um, on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Tag us. We're at RightGirlLA on Twitter and Instagram. And we're a Right Girl organization on Facebook. Um, so please help promote us. Um, tell your friends about us. Um, for the volunteers who, uh, who already know about us, um, we've got some volunteer recruitment postcards on the table in the back. Feel free to grab a little stack, um, share them with your friends, um, and help uh, share the, the greatness of Right Girl with everyone you know. Um, and also, thank you so much to all the girls who read their pieces today. You guys did an amazing job. We're always so impressed with you. Um, thank you to the volunteers who came and helped out. And um, last but not least, thank you so much, Skylight Books, for hosting us once again. This is definitely a wonderful Right Girl tradition. So can we give a round of applause to Skylight because you're awesome. <laughs> thank you so much. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget, you can listen to this and all our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.